This is the I Am Pitch Podcast. Get ready for contact. tell you right now that intro is absolutely fire it's hot i freaking love it for you all that have been sticking with me through the last 19 episodes well actually technically 18 you all have just gone with this boring intro with no music no life to it just the sound of my beautiful voice well those days are officially over the I Am Pitch podcast now officially has music, intro music. Thank goodness, man. I'm so happy to have it. I feel official. I really do. Y'all don't even know how happy I am. It took me so long to kind of figure the whole thing out with music and sound effects, but I was able to put the sound effects together myself. And then I sent what I had to a guy I met on Fiverr. He's over in Australia. And he put together an intro for me. And let me tell you, that is one heck of an intro. I absolutely love it. After hearing it, every time I hear it, I just kind of feel like I need to run up to somebody and punch them in the face real quick. Because it just goes so hard. <laughs> I'm not saying do that, people. And I'm not saying I would do that. It just It's just how it makes me feel. Because it comes in so hard. I freaking love it. So, the I Am Pitch Podcast new intro. And as always, y'all know who it is. This is me. The host of the Iron Podcast, Dexter Pitts, otherwise known as DP or Dex. So, man, I feel like I have a new beginning with this intro. Uh, speaking of new beginnings, man, I'm just constantly looking for a new beginning. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes it is a bad thing. Because sometimes when we start looking for new beginnings, it's because we feel like we are in a place where we are no longer growing where we're no longer being challenged and we're starting to question everything about us, ourselves and our current situation, our jobs and our careers. And you know what? Recently, I was in the mindset of a new beginning. And y'all have been with me through this podcast. You know that I've been looking for, I was saying that I was possibly looking at other avenues for career. And then I would next week I'll say, well, I feel a little bit more encouraged, but you know, I go back to work. And then things would get crazy, and then I'd be like, man, you know what? I don't even know if this is worth it anymore. Looking on the news and social media, seeing everything happen in this country with law enforcement. And I try to encourage myself and others as much as I can. But then reality always steps back in when I step off the podcast and put on my uniform and step back into the streets. And I constantly wonder, like, is this career still worth it? And I, you know, I say, yes, it is. But as soon as I go back to work, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Then I see something happen to somebody I know on the police department. And it's just like, oh, my God, when's my time coming, man? It, it, what should I do? Should I stay? Should I go? Because like I said, I am in a such a unique position in my life to where do I need this job? No, I really don't. I could leave this job and go do something else. Probably make more money, have a little bit more stability, a little bit of more normal, normalness. But everybody that knows me knows that there's nothing normal about me. And I just continually gravitate towards police work and I gravitate towards chaos. Because it's what I do and it's what I enjoy. A part of me has been thinking like, man, maybe it's time to leave it behind. 
maybe it's time to do something else. You know, I've had people coming up to me, offering me jobs on different departments. I got a buddy that does uh, medical equipment sales, and I've seriously been thinking about taking off the uniform and going in a complete opposite direction and going into medical sales. You know, my buddy tells me, like, dude, you got a great personality. You would make a killing. You would make a ton of money. And you still get to serve and help people. You know, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I really thought about it. You know, and I also thought about going somewhere part-time because I now have that ability with where I am at this point in my life. And it is, it's a great feeling, and it is refreshing to know that you can walk away from your job and not have to worry about the benefits of it, the pension, the medical insurance, or paycheck, knowing that your bills are still paid. That's a wonderful feeling. And I wish more people had that, but I feel like that is a blessing that God has dropped in my lap. But I also feel like that it's presented me with this challenge of what's next? What do I do? And the other day, you know, I signed up at a, to go to this seminar, I guess you could call it, here in Louisville. Uh, for the, the Louisville Metro Police Defound the Louisville Metro Police Foundation put on this event. And we had a guest speaker. His name was Adam Davis. Adam Davis is a former police officer in Alabama. Adam Davis now writes books and he's a public speaker and he goes around the country talking to law enforcement agencies, agencies and military. This man has done work with retired Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who wrote books such as On Killing and On Combat. Adam Davis himself, he's published three books. One of those is Bulletproof Marriage. Another one is On Spiritual Combat. And the other one, which is a big seller, is the Behind the Badge, 365 Daily Devotions for Law Enforcement. And like every other cop, when I heard he was coming, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll probably go. I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't thrilled, you know. And I remember I was sitting at home, laying on the couch, wasting away, healing up my shoulder injury. And then I seen the email reminding me that, hey, this event's tonight. And I thought to myself, God, I really don't feel like going. I really don't feel like hearing this mushy, you know, you can do it. Get up. You can achieve and believe. And I was just like, I don't really don't want to go. And you know what? I forced myself to go because I had previously committed, and y'all know me. I'm a man that if I give my word or if I sign up for something, I'm going to go. So I reluctantly picked up myself up off the couch, got dressed, and drove over to Southeast Christian Church. Walked in willy-nilly, saw my buddies sitting there, and I was like, ah, let me go take a seat. And, you know, I just kind of dug in, like, all right, what's this guy got to say? Man, let me tell y'all something. I needed to hear Adam Davis's message. And I am so glad that I went. I, I am blessed for having gone to hear Adam Davis's story. I am blessed beyond measure because hearing his story and all the things he went through in his life and his career really spoke to me in this moment in time and where we are at in this country and especially as a professional law enforcement where we are at. It spoke to me personally because I've been having this battle in my mind. Like, I'm trying to stay encouraged. I'm trying to encourage everybody else. But every time I look around, it's I see people that I know that are good officers and good human beings leaving the department and leaving the profession and going and finding 
and other avenues to make income and take care of their families with less stress and better benefits, you know? And, man, if I hadn't gone to that event, I really don't know where I would be mentally right now. But I can tell you that where I am right now, I've never felt more encouraged to continue to keep pushing forward, to continue to keep going, to continue to wear the uniform, and to protect the profession and the citizens that we are sworn to protect. You know, so many of us, man, we get up and put on that uniform every day in this day and age. And most of us are like, God, man, I really don't feel like dealing with this craziness today, these protesters. And, you know, I just really, I just kind of want to stay home. And I know the feeling. So I have officially been back with the Little Metro Police Department for one year. June 15th was my one year since I re-swore in with the police department. So technically, I've only been in. <laughs> so technically, I've only got a year on the police department because when I left in 2018 to go to the border patrol, if you leave the police department and come back within a year, you get to keep all your time in your seniority. Me, I was gone. I left everything behind. I, I knew I was not coming back. I was going to be the world's greatest border patrol agent and making a hundred thousand plus a year, and I was going to be happy, and nobody could tell me otherwise. I knew I wasn't coming back. Lo and behold, God had other plans, and here I am, back in my original blessing. <laughs> so when I came back, I had been gone longer than a year. I was gone 19 months, and because of that, guess what? I lost all my seniority and all my time. I lost my pension. I'm out of the old pension, and now I'm in the Tier 3 system. And You know, honestly, none of that stuff cares, matters to me. I don't really care about that stuff. I'm just happy to be back, you know. But as soon as I got back, the first thing I did was, Picked up a riot stick and a riot helmet and rejoined SRT, dealing with the protests downtown day in and day out. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I've never been happier to be back. But just like with all things, the enthusiasm and the excitement eventually wears off. You know, you get tired. You get tired of seeing your friends get hurt. You get tired of being yelled at. You get tired of the long hours. And then you start to lose focus of, why you signed up to be here and what you lose focus of why you signed up to do this job, to be a part of this profession. And I was so gung ho and happy when I got back, but I saw myself slowly starting to make that descent, becoming a negative person and just telling people, I would never work here if I was you all. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I was becoming disgruntled and I was generally just kind of, not going to say hating life, but just hating everything that we were dealing with, you know, the pressure from BLM, the politics of all this stuff, council members making things, LMPD leadership making decisions that we thought were not good. I mean, and just like I said, and seeing people that you know and love and have worked with for years leave, and I was at the end of my rope, and I was like, man, I'm done. You know, I was looking at going somewhere part-time because in my situation, I had the ability to go and work part-time in the police department, and my bills are still going to be paid. And I was all about it. I was actively searching for a way out while trying to encourage people to stay, you know, but I realized I was like, man, I got to get out of here. This is crazy. Why am I here? And people constantly reminded me and telling me that I was crazy for coming back. I really started to believe it. I was like, man, maybe I am crazy. Why am I here? Because people look at me and they know people know my situation. Like, dude, why are you working and you don't have to work? Are you crazy? And I'm really starting to think I might be, legit. But that, or I'm just really dedicated. And I really believe that I just operate out of love 
for my fellow officers and for the citizens of Louisville that I was born to be a servant. I tell you all all the time, the S in my last name stands for selflessness. And that is what I want to exude in everything that I do in my life. Not just when I put on a uniform, but even when I step outside of the uniform. That's what I want to show my children. And so, yeah, you know, I just got started getting bogged down and focusing on things that I couldn't control, such as politics, policies coming out that I did not agree with, people in the streets. But, man, it was not until I heard Adam Davis a couple days ago where I decided, you know what? I'm dedicated. I am committed to this profession, but not only this profession, to my brothers and sisters of the Louisville Metro Police Department and the citizens of Louisville. I walked away from this place for a lot of money. And that didn't give me satisfaction. But I came back because this is where I wanted to be. And so I know I'm about 12, 13 minutes into this podcast, kind of rambling. But man, I want this podcast to be, I want people to understand why I left LMPD, why I decided to return, and why I am deciding to stay. One thing Adam Davis kept saying when he was talking to us was, remember why you signed up to do this job. Remember the excitement that you had when you first put on the uniform. Remember the excitement you had when you made your first hot call. Remember the excitement of just being new to this job. And remember why you signed up to do it. And like I said, man, we all signed up to do this job to help people. We all signed up to be the cool guys, the tough guys. Man, and we all signed up to help make a difference in the communities in which we serve. But somewhere along the line, we all lose that. We lose that drive, that intensity, and that love for this profession. And it is easy to do. When you deal with the worst of the worst every day, and you see things that people only see in their nightmares, but that's your reality. Man, I remember, like I said, I joined the police department in 2009. I had been out of the Army for a few years, and, and I just remember the excitement when I went on my first call, the first time I got in a police car, I remember the first time I walked into a store in my uniform, and, and it's like the world stopped, and everybody stopped and looked at me and my trainer. It was an incredible and amazing feeling. Hey, but you get far away from that. The, mo- the further you move in your career, the more you experience and the more you do. And so I had been on the police department roughly about eight years, and I had done and accomplished, for the most part, everything I wanted to do. My biggest goal on the police department was to serve with the United States Marshals Fugitive Task Force. And I did it. And I did it for just under two years. But, man, I was so happy once I got back to patrol. And not only did I get back to patrol, I went to one of the greatest units on the police department, the best-kept secrets on the PD. I went to the downtown area patrol where, man, you just work downtown. You ride ATVs around. It's like you're a politician in a uniform rolling around, making people feel good and kissing babies and just, man, just welcoming people to Louisville, man. It was just such a great job. I loved it. You know, my wife used to always tell me, I've never seen somebody as happy and excited as you to go to work. Let me tell you, I worked with a great group of individuals that worked to protect the downtown area. It was phenomenal. I mean, I just, when I, we would have four day weekends and I would literally count down the days until I went back to work because my job was just that great. How many people can say that? Not too many people I know can say that they count down the days until they go back to work. Man, 
But like with anything, I was there for a while and, you know, things started to grow stale. I started to get a little bored. You know, I was comfortable. I had a good schedule. I worked with good people. And I knew what I was doing. It was a great job. You know, but I just felt like I wasn't being challenged. And I still had that itch in me to become a Border Patrol agent. I've always wanted to be in federal law enforcement. That was always my goal. That was my goal before I even thought about joining the police department. And then lo and behold, I end up getting hired by the Border Patrol. And I leave. I was in the probably the best situation anybody could have been in. I had no debt. Worked a great shift. Worked with great people. Had fun every day I went to work. And, and you know, it wasn't enough for me. And I told God this wasn't enough. And I saw the money that the Border Patrol was offering. I was like, you know what, God? I deserve this, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to get it. And so I go join the Border Patrol, and lo and behold, I am as miserable as ever in the Border Patrol. And I, I, this is not to downplay the Border Patrol. I think that the Border Patrol is a great organization. They have great people that work there. It's a great job, but it just was not a great job for me. It just didn't fit me what I thought. You know, I, I feel like I, I tell people it kind of reminds me of the military recruiting commercial where they show you the great side of the job. But what they don't show you is you sit in front of a computer, tapping all day on a keyboard, doing processing, being stuck inside in a cell. And I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. And so I left from there after about a year, and I went to the Sarita Police Department. And, oh, coming from the Louisville Metro Police Department, going to the Sarita Police Department, I was in heaven initially. Because, man, they treated me like an absolute king. This place made me feel like I was somebody special. They bought my uniforms, gave me a brand new car. Oh, they trained me good. And, and, and but you know what? It just wasn't enough for me. It was nice to be treated good and have all these, these resources. But I just did not like the way the place operated. I just couldn't get used to the pace. I'm a big city police officer. I'm used to just call, 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 call. Go, 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 go. It was like. Somebody hit the emergency brake, and it was so slow. Not only that, you know, what people don't realize when you leave a major police department in a metropolitan area and you go to a small place, you don't have the resources available, and you have to do everything. I remember going on a, a what we call in Louisville, a 1080 run, a dead person. I went on one in Sarita, and no, you're not calling the corner. No, you're doing all this. You know, you're going to take the guy's temperature. You know, you're going to... You're going to move the body, and you're going to examine the body and touch it. We don't do that here in Louisville. We call the medical examiner. Medical examiner comes in and do the job. No, not in Sarita, brother. You're doing everything. I remember touching this guy's body. He had died on the floor, and I had to move the body, and I was just disgusted. The best way I can describe the feeling with him having a little bit of rigor setting in was taking chicken, just freshly thawed chicken out of a package and trying to move the joints around, man. That's what it felt like. It was ugh, absolutely just disgusting, man. I could take the smells. I could take the sights. But when you incorporate the actual feeling and touching of that, oh, God, I about lost it, you know. And it, But I kept pushing and kept trying to do a good job with the Sarita Police Department. And, you know, they had invested in me. And they loved on me and they cared about me and they really wanted me there. And I wanted to be there and I wanted to be a great cop. But I was having a hard time adjusting to the pace and the way they did things. And, and, and what happened is I remember hearing about a shooting involving LMPD officers back home in Louisville. It was a Breonna Taylor shooting. I 
I didn't really know anything about it at the time. I just knew that officers were serving a warrant and the officer got shot. I didn't know, I know any of the intricate details. And I, honestly, I really still don't to this day. I wasn't here and I don't want to speak on what I really don't know about. I know a few facts, but not enough. And I remember hearing that an LMPD officer had been shot during the serving of the warrant. And I was just worried sick. But, you know, and I remember reaching out to some of my guys asking, hey, what happened? Who was it? Were they okay? And like, yeah, he's going to be okay. And so I kind of went about my way, you know, and this I just kind of went about my life training in the FTO and Sarita Police Department. And then next thing you know, George Floyd gets killed. And after George Floyd gets killed, you know, the riots prop off. And then there's a blowback in Louisville for the incident involving the LMPD officers and Breonna Taylor. And then next thing you know, I'm sitting in Arizona watching my city burn down. And I remember one of the first things I thought was, I got to get home. I got to get home. My guys, my boys, man, my sisters. I got to be there. I'm missing out on this historical moment. And I remember when I finally decided to call it quits and talking to my wife. And we were just, man, we loved Arizona. Everything about Arizona was perfect. Everything except the job. And I didn't have that joy, that sense of fulfillment, and that sense of that I was actually doing something positive within the community. I was, but I just didn't get that with Sabrina Police Department. It, it was just different. And so I made the decision to return to Louisville, Metro Police Department. And man, I just remember seeing all my guys for the first time and looking at everybody that had been dealing with the riots because the riots kicked off May 28th. And I did not return and start back until June 15th. And even then, I had to go through like a four or five day reintegration period with the PD, learning how to do reports and such. But Man, I was so happy when I hit the streets again and when I was able to stand shoulder to shoulder with my buddies on LMPD, on SRT. I was so happy, man. I would just come home and my wife looked at me. She was like, that's the Dexter I remember. That's the Dexter I know. Remember, in one of my podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, I told y'all that I love chaos. I dwell in chaos because that's where I find peace and I was never happier than being on the line with SRT People yelling at me and screaming at me, you know, you know, yeah, I know what you think. God, this guy's weird. He's crazy. Yeah, I do. Like I said, I just might be, man, but I just felt that peace. You know, it's like I knew what to do. I knew how to operate. I knew who to talk to. I knew everything I needed to know, and I was good. I was comfortable in the chaos, but lo and behold, you know, this isn't just a one-time deal. This goes on and carries on and on and on and on for every day. And the, the days turn into weeks, and the weeks were turning into months. Then, you know, we go through the incident in September where, you know, we had two officers shot, and I was present when the shooting happened during the riots. Man, and I just, you know, I started to lose my faith. I started to lose my, you know, my encouragement. And it was so funny because people, when I came back, were like, dude, why are you so happy to be here? Like, dude, stop. You're making us sick, man. <laughs> You know, oh, it was such a good feeling, you know, you know, just trying to spread joy and cheer and reminding people why we come here and why we do this job. And I was just, I, I could honestly say, I was probably obnoxiously happy to be back because I hadn't had to deal with what my buddies had dealt with when the riots started. I was watching from like over a thousand miles away in Arizona from the comfort of my phone, wishing I was with there with them. 
So I, you know, I got to watch that and experience anxiety from a thousand miles away. But it's different when you experience the anxiety firsthand day after day for at least 12, 16 hours a day. That's different, you know. So I remember getting back and I'm doing all dealing with these protests and riots day in and day out. And lo and behold, you know, it started to take its toll on me. Now, I think I told y'all before, like, after so long, you know, I started not sleeping well because I was working night shift. Started having issues with PTSD, nightmares, and I just, you know, I was having a hard time functioning. And that excitement that I had upon returning, man, I felt like a brand new rookie officer when I came back here. And, and I was just so happy. But lo and behold, it, that went away too. Just like it did in the past where it's just like you get used to chaos and the, mun, you know, and the mundane and doing things the same way over and over and over. And the next thing you know, you know, I started to lose my smile. I started focusing on how much money I was making. Not the difference I was making. Not the people I was helping. You know, because I had financial goals for my family, for myself. You know, and then the negativity of being around other people that have been working here for a long time and they're unhappy. That started to rub off on me. Seeing people leaving, you know, being offered jobs on different departments. Like, hey, you should come work with us and you should come do this career. Man, you will love it. And I really started to look at myself and think, maybe I am crazy for being here. Like, who wants to be here and deal with this for the amount of money that we make and the, and the, and the benefits that they provide us, which really aren't that great? Who is happy to be here? And I started to become that unhappy person just focused on making money and taking care of my family. And then we started having issues with officers making poor decisions, officers making decisions in their personal lives and while they're on the clock that made the profession look bad. You know, and then people, the public sees these officers making these decisions and they hold all of us accountable for them. To a way, I believe we are. But I mean, yes, it's an individual officer that made the decision, but the public does not weigh that officer's decision as just on them. They weigh that decision on the entire police department. And then we'd have to deal with that. I remember in the more I worked the riots and the protests, the more I really started to question if this profession was worth it. The more I started to question, when is it my time? When is it my turn? When is somebody going to hurt me? When is somebody going to try to hurt my family? You know, When is it going to come my time where I'm going to be the guy that's on the nightly news headlining for an officer that did something, even if it's within, you know, even if it's justified, when is the angry mob going to come for me? Because I've seen the angry mob come for the people I know and love that are good people over and over again. And I saw the angry mob from within the police department come from officers that I know that are solid officers and good leaders, you know, and I just started to weigh the options. And the crazy part is, Man, I started looking for more and more things to validate my reason to leave. I looked for every possible reason to justify me leaving this department and going elsewhere. I really did. But the more I looked for reasons to leave, the more reasons I started finding to stay. And I was looking for people to validate me, their opinions for me to stay. I would talk to people about why they were leaving. You know, and, you know, and just, and I would encourage them to, hey, I don't blame you. And you know what? I really don't. Man, like, this is what I'm going to tell people. I am a proud member of the Logan Metro Police Department. 
We have our problems and we have our issues. We do. There is no denying that. Nobody work, that works here can sit here and say that this place is perfect and that this place is the best place to work. It can be. It has the potential because we have officers and we have some people in leadership that can allow us to live up to that potential. However, we got our more than our fair share of problems right now. I'm experiencing them. The people I work with are experiencing them. The homicide rate in the city reflects that by officers not going out and being proactive because we're not only terrified of the protesters in BLM, but we're also terrified of the command staff. And you know, and that should not be the case, but that is the case where we are right now. Everybody's afraid of being the next headline on the news. But as I thought about that, I came to the realization that, you know what? No matter where you go in this country, I don't care if you go to the most conservative state and the most conservative county and in the most conservative city ran by the most conservative mayor. If you wear this badge and you wear this uniform to work to feed your family, the woke mob is coming for all of us, ladies and gentlemen. There is nobody that wears this uniform that should be worry-free from what might happen while you are carrying out your job duties. And even if you're fully justified in doing so, because the woke mob, the media, you know, they want to take your story and they can turn it and twist it into whatever they want. And they're going to put your life through hell. And you, not just you, your family, the people you work with in your department to try to demonize you. But at the end of all that, you might come out of the fire unscathed and get your job back. But still, the stress that you have to endure, that's going to take an effect on you and your family. And I really started wondering, man, is this worth it? And I have seen so many great officers from this department leave and go elsewhere. And I do not blame them. There is no reason I can tell anybody that they should stay or that they should go. I really can't. See, the one thing I realized upon me returning, people saying that I was crazy, hearing people think that I was out of my mind for coming back here and being happy, is that we all have our own reasons why we decide to come to this profession, why we decide to stay, and why we decide to go. People that leave here and go to these other departments in the metro area and the surrounding counties, everybody has a reason. Some people like me, I have my reasons for coming here, coming and returning. People have their reasons for why they're going to go and never come back. Just because the grass is not greener for one person does not mean that it's not going to be greener for you. And I encourage anybody, I was like, man, if you want to go, Go. I'm not going to tell you to stay here and just grind it out because I left. I would be a hypocrite if I told you to just stay here and grind it out. You know what? I Like I said, when I left, I wasn't unhappy. I just wanted more. And I wanted to get out there and experience more. I wanted to accomplish dreams. And so if you are here and you're unhappy, I would encourage you to go try somewhere else. Go give it a shot. And if you don't like it, come back home. Trust me, we need people. This place is not going anywhere, and the problems and the homicide rate we have right now is not going anywhere. Give it a shot, man. If you're like me, man, now that I left this place and came back, I realize how much of a blessing LMPD has been to me. Like I say, I'm in a different situation where, it, for me, it's not about the money, and it's not about the benefits. I'm here 100% because it is about the people that I serve with in this department and in this uniform every day. It is about the citizens I've run into that thank me for what I do. Yeah, depending on where you work in the city, you're going to get more thank yous 
in other places, and in some places, you might get more middle fingers and, hey, fuck 12. Yeah, it's going to be different for everybody. Man, but at the end of the day, you have to make a conscious decision that you're either going to stay here or you're going to go elsewhere and try to be happy elsewhere. You know, one of the Bible verses I do like is Matthew 6, 24. It says, you cannot serve two masters, or you either love one or hate the other. And you know, there is no in-between. I kind of feel like with law enforcement that we are at a place where it's either you're all in or you're all out. Yeah, we kind of try to we try to straddle the fence where it's like, hey, you know, I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm here to take care of my family and nothing else. And, and I that is honorable. I understand that. I've been there. But you can't survive like that the long haul in this profession. You can't. You have to have a reason beyond the paycheck and the benefits and the pension to be here. Because at the end of the day, your happiness and your fulfillment is worth more than that. Staying here for a pension, going to a job, getting up, getting up, going to a job every day that you hate, that is not fun. That burns you out and that drains you. And when you're off, you can't enjoy being off because you think about coming back to a place that you hate to be. I know that because that's how I was with the Border Patrol, making almost 100000 a year. That's how I was with the Sabrina Police Department. So eventually, all of us that are kind of stuck in the middle between staying and going, we're all eventually going to have to make a decision. And like I said, that's not going to be a decision based on the amount of money you make and the benefits. It's not. It can't be. Because you will never find true enjoyment and fulfillment in a dollar amount or because of certain benefits. Yes, it might help you along the way and it might give your family a good life. But at a certain point in time, you're going to have to decide, are those benefits and is that pension worth it? your life and your happiness. And like I said, for me, I don't have to I don't have to deal with that or contend with that because that doesn't matter to me. But it matters to me for the men and women that serve on this department because I want people to be here that want to be here. I want people to be here that love getting up and going to work and helping people. I want people to be here that even though they have a bad day, they're not going to go out of their way to hurt somebody or do something to somebody. You know, because they're upset because they've had a rough night. Things in their marriage aren't going well. You know, I'm not expecting officers here to be perfect. We are imperfect people doing a job that requires a lot of dedication. And, man, we have our moments where we're going to make mistakes. Lord knows I have. But if you're going to stay here, I encourage you to think about why you signed up to, to come work for this department. I encourage you to think about why you're getting up every day and putting on this uniform and going out here. I want you to look beyond the money and beyond the benefits because honestly, it's it, the money and the benefits is not enough. You have to have something in you internally that drives you to come here every day knowing the risks that we take and the potential of death, the potential of being seriously injured, you know, the potential of people wanting to target your family, <clears throat> you know, and that's a hard decision to make. It is. It's a very hard decision. But at the same time, man, we cannot shame anybody who decides to hang it up and leave this profession in this current date and time. We can't because we don't know their situation. We don't know how things are with their family. We don't know what they're going to mentally. Like I said, everybody has a breaking point. Some it happens for sooner. Some it happens for later. But eventually we are all going to hit a breaking point. And, and when somebody decides to put their mental health and their physical wellness 
first before this job, I applaud them. So to the, the guys that have left the police department since I returned, dude, I love you all still just as much. And I thank you all for even wanting to sign up to come here and work with me and work with this department. And man, if anybody says anything to you all, calls you all cowards because you're leaving, they are wrong. That's not that's not right at all, because you might not serve here, but you're still serving somewhere in the law enforcement profession. And even if you leave the profession altogether, there is nothing wrong with that at all. If you come here and you serve honorably for a couple years and leave, I have nothing negative to say about you. And I thank you for the time that you did serve. And so, you know, the more I sat and listened to Mr. Adam Davis talk about, you know, just finding encouragement and just staying the course, I found myself, you know, conflicted. I was like, man, this guy's making a lot of sense. But man, what about me? What about my family? What about me, 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 me? And then what really shook me loose and spoke to me was the one thing Mr. Davis said was, just because it's like this now does not mean that it is always going to be this way. And, you know, everybody I've talked to over the last few years say, you know, this is the thing with law enforcement. The pendulum swings back and forth. Eventually, it's going to swing back the other way. I'll be honest. I've been waiting for the pendulum to swing back in our favor since 2014 in the Mike Brown incident. And it has only gone further and further and further away from us in this profession. It is, I feel like it's showing no signs of coming back to us. But like Mr. Davis said, this is all temporary. And I do believe that eventually common sense and decency are going to win out in the end. And when I started thinking about the things he was saying, I remember that evil wins and triumphs when there are no good forces to confront the evil. And we cannot let that happen on our watch. I can't let that happen on my watch. You know, I realize that not only that, my children are watching me. You know, people see the things I post on social media and I'm like, you know what? I say these things and if I'm saying these things, I damn well better be able to back up the things that I'm saying. I can't just go through this thing halfway in and halfway out, just floating for a paycheck. I just can't do that, man. If I'm going to do this, if anybody's going to do this, you have to be in this 110%. And I'm not saying that when you're off, you have to come to work and still be focused on work. But when you're on the clock and you put on that uniform and you're answering those calls, it is time to be all in. Because it's dangerous if you don't. And we have to be all in. We got to do our best every day. We have to. Because there are people that are out here that support us and love us and still defend us. Yeah, they might not have the loudest voice right now, but we know that these people are here, that these people exist. And the more I thought about Mr. Davis's words, the more more resolve I had that, you know what, Dexter? I am going to stay here. I'm going to stay the course because the easy thing for me to do is leave. Because like I said, I don't need the money. I don't need the benefits. It is just easy for me to pick up and go and just forget about all this mess and just live comfortable worry-free and stress-free. But that is not what God has called me to do. I've told you all before, God has created me to dwell in the chaos. Not only that, God has created me to be a light on the hill that shines bright in the darkness because we are in a dark time in this profession right now. And if I leave now, I feel like I will be 
giving way to the darkness and letting the darkness take over this department and letting the darkness take over the city. Because we still need officers on this department and in the city that want to serve the citizens and that want to help and protect the, boy, the boys and girls in blue that stand to the left of them and right of them. The easy decision is to leave for me. The hard decision is to stay. And God never said that we would have an easy road in life. And I've not had an easy road. So I feel like me leaving again would be me taking the easy road. And there is no reward at the end of an easy road. There's not. You will have a lot of doubt and you will have a lot of regret for taking the easy road because so many have taken it. So I am going to stay, stay the path here with LMPD. And I'm going to stay, stay on the grind. I'm going to stay here to try to help people and encourage my brothers and sisters. I'm going to stay here to try to hold each other, you all accountable. And I want that. And I want the same from you all to me. Hold me accountable to the things I do. Hold me accountable to the things I say. Hold me. I want the public to hold me accountable. The public needs to hold the police department accountable. We do. Because like I said, we work for the public, believe it or not. We do. And we all know the same. You work for me. I pay, you know, my taxes pay your salary. Listen, Karen, I'm going to need you to settle down and step back, okay? Because I probably pay more taxes than all y'all. But I'm not here because of the taxes you pay. I'm here because this is where I want to be. I'm here because this is where God wants me to be. I walked away from my blessing once before for money. And I chased money for a year and a half. And I got nothing from it but nightmares, regret, and just uh, just despair. I was never so miserable making $100,000 in my life. But now that I'm back and I have something to compare LMPD to, I realize how good I do have it here. I realize that the people I work with here are some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life. And that's saying something because I've worked with a lot of solid individuals in the Border Patrol and on the Sarita Police Department. But there is just something special about the Louisville Metro Police Department that I cannot explain. There's just something special about the men and women on this department that have been embattled for the last year dealing with this day in and day out. There's something special. There's something magical about this place. I don't know what it is. And I do believe that eventually the pendulum is going to swing in our favor. I don't know when it's going to happen. and Heck, I don't know what's going to happen with the next mayoral election, with the chief. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But the only thing we have right now in life and in this profession is hope for a better tomorrow. Because think about it, ladies and gentlemen. If we all leave from this profession, this entire city will collapse. Everything. And we have families that live in this city. And right now it's not safe. But imagine how much safer, unsafer it will be if we continue to lose officers. So I'm going to tell everybody that's listening to this that's on the PD. And if you want to go ahead and leave, I will not judge you. Nobody should judge you. If you want to hang it up, nobody should blame you. Because this is a lot to handle and a lot to take on. But I ask you if you are going to stay to commit with me 110%. I'm not saying to go out here and be a super cop. I'm not saying to go out here and pull every car over. I'm not even saying to go out here 
and just go 110% and go above and beyond every time. But I am asking if you're going to stay with me, just honest hard work and honest effort. Because like I say, some days we, we're good cops, but sometimes we have bad days. And I've had those days since I've been back where I'm working and I just really don't want to do a whole lot. I just want to make my calls. And I've been doing this 12 years. I'm tired. Now, I don't necessarily want to get out here and fight and chase and run after people. That goes to show by me injuring my shoulder the other day and being out for the last few weeks. You know, but I still want to go out here and do my do my job and make a difference. Because people have we in this profession, we have this belief that a great cop or a solid cop is a cop that's out here arresting everybody for every offense, stopping every car, and chasing dope and guns, and that is not the case. Doing all that, yeah, that you can have some good qualities that lead you to be an officer that operates on that level. But just because you operate on that level does not make you a great cop. Because what makes you a great cop is the things that you do when nobody's watching. You know, and the one my biggest pet peeve about living in this day and age is that everybody feels the need to record their good deeds and put them online so they can show you, hey, look what I did. I'm a good person. You know, the virtue signaling. And the men and women in this law in this career, we don't have to do that. I mean, we I've seen cops do some of the most amazing things that would never make the news. I've done some of the things that would never make the news. And I don't post about it on social media because that's not what that's for. You're taking the focus off of a great deed you did to help somebody else in need, and you're making it about you. You know what? Do the good deed, ladies and gentlemen. Do the good deed and let the people that you help brag about you. You don't have to brag about yourself. That's not what we're here for. We're not here for kudos and awards. We are here to help people. We are here to make this community better and this community safer. And we need good officers to do that. But we also need people within the community to help us do that. We need your encouragement. We need your support. And man, we need people that want to step up and do this job. And this is what I'll tell anybody that's thinking about joining the local Metro Police Department. Can you go somewhere else and find a place that you're going to make more money and better benefits? Absolutely, you can. Yes, you can. I'm not going to tell you not to come here, but I'm not going to tell you not to not to apply. We need people that are outstanding officers that have of high moral character and have high integrity and that are selfless. So I think if anyone is considering joining the local Metro Police Department, I would highly encourage you. But I'll tell you this, if you are a piece of crap and you are a sketchy individual and you are coming here to embrace power, to control over the people that you swore to serve and protect, then I we have nothing for you. And if you do make it through the hiring process and you come out here to go out of your way to do the wrong thing, I pray that we find you and seek you out before you get through the process. And if you do make it through the process and hit the streets, just know that people like me and a lot of my friends are watching your every move and your everything you do. So don't think you're going to come here and tarnish this badge and tarnish this department. We have enough to deal with. And if you know you're a piece of crap, hold off. Because eventually, as I always say, what's done in the dark always comes to the light. So think twice if you're going to apply and you're that type of person. But if you're that type of a person that operates on a high level and has high, high character, we want you and we need you, man.
Worst thing I could do is tell people not to come and apply here because I want to work with people that want to be here. I want to work with people that enjoy their job and people that enjoy helping people because that doesn't just help that person that in the community. That helps me and that helps everybody else that we work with because, you know, that positive attitude is contagious. But so is that negative attitude. And I've contributed to that negative attitude as well. And I don't want to contribute to that. I want to see this department flourish. I want to see this department continue to move forward. And I want to see this department take care of the community that we swore to protect. And I want to see the violence and the homicide rate in this city start to come down. But that is not a job that the officers on the front line can do by themselves. That is a job that takes all of us to do. All of us. That is a... It is a joint venture, and we all got put in on this, and you can't be half in and half out, and you can't be scared. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I Am Pitts podcast. I thank y'all for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, as I've said before, the I Am Pitts podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. I ask that you all, if you go to those places, please review the show, leave a rating, and leave a comment. And also, i just like to thank you all for tuning in once again. You know, these episodes like this, they really, they come from the heart. This, there's no script on this. This is just me talking. So pardon me if I've been talking and rambling or I've said the same things over and over again. I know it's not professional, but this is just me free speaking for the last 50 minutes. This, this is just realness and truth coming from my heart on what I want for myself and the people I work with in this department. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. This has been the Iron Pits Podcast. Y'all take care of each other and be decent people. Have a good one.